The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hand me the keys, you cocksucker. What the fuck? Kevin Goatee, Gutting the Sacred Cow. Boy, you guys have been killing it. Thank you so much for everyone who's been listening to our show. The numbers keep increasing, bottom line. And we can't thank anyone else but you. Second point, please go to our website, guttingthesacredcow.com. Why? We're doing list galore every single day. We just put up today, as you're listening to this, our favorite movie quotes. Uh, we're going to do that every Thursday, I believe it is. We're going to do movie news. We're going to do movies we've seen recently. I know with the coronavirus, there's not much to see, but there's things that we haven't seen or we've seen that we just want to shout out to you guys and give our two cents on. So check out guttingthesacredcow.com as well as go over there and get a, a hat, bag, mug, whatever. Appreciate that. Lastly, if you have not done so, please give us a five-star rating and a two- or three-sentence review wherever you listen to podcasts. Really does help. Really appreciate that. And we've got a treat for you. This week, we've got Juliet Miranda from The Unwritable Rant. Her show can be heard on podcasts and on YouTube. Uh, Bourbon Soaked is uh, another show she does. And Juliet loves horror films but hates the movie Scream. So, Juliet Miranda does Scream right now on Gutting the Sacred Cow. Thanks again, guys. Later. Gather round is what I know It's just that this cow has got to go I know some people kind of like it, yeah Kevin Israel, here we are yet again. I hope, we hope, you all hope that you've been enjoying this recent flooding of excellent, excellent episodes. You've probably heard Anthony Acumia taking down Face Off. You probably heard Dave Landau doing Philadelphia. Well, we have ourselves, in a sense, this is our second kind of sort of return guest, Kevin Israel, would you say? And by the way, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. I was just going to let you go. Oh, okay. That's fine. That's usually... I'd, I'd that's, you this is a re- kind of return guest. We had on... This is our guest today. It's Julia Miranda. Everybody, thank you. And Julia, thank you for coming from the Unwritable Rant podcast who continues to show us plenty of love. How are you today, my dear? Hey, y'all. Doing good. How you guys doing? We Thank you very well. Thank you very much. We had on her husband, not, what, two months ago who I dare say helped really turn the tide in favor of our guest, Kevin Israel. In, in he, terms uh, of he, he put a hurting. Yeah. 
he gut successfully gutted Goonies. And you know what? To this day, people will say to me, "How did you? How did you tear apart Goonies?" And when I when I actually start walking people through it, they go, "Oh yeah, it kind of was a shitty movie." Or they'll go, "Yeah, I mean, it's not a good movie, but you still love it." But I didn't. <laughs> After another rewatching, he didn't, and you didn't. So yeah, it's not that great. And again, it got most people yelling at their cell phones, like, "What the fuck?" Yep. And yeah, at the yeah. very he end of that, alone. <laughs> He did sleep. He oh wow! After that, oh yeah. Oof, that must have hit home in the household, huh? <laughs> and hey, we got more emails from people and posts and DMs saying, "Wow, I was dead set against you know you guys and your stance on Goonies after listening to the episode and all the points you made. Well played." So, yeah. but Juliet is not here to talk about Goonies and possibly the sequel to Goonies, which I think can only be even more bad of an idea. She is actually a huge horror fan, and she chose a film. Well, I'll get into it in a second. The 1996, I say classic, it's 25 years almost. Scream, the first, the one that spawned all of the knockoffs, all of the weigh-ins iterations, and really restarted the genre, if you will. A 1996 release, a budget at the time of $15 million, bringing in a 173-point total, Paul. In 2020 dollars, a $24.5 million budget with a $282.6 million haul. Not too shabby. No, a damn good ROI. IMDB, Kevin Israel, Juliet Miranda is a 1 to 10 rating with decimal points. If you'd be so kind and venture a guess, what Scream scored on IMDB? I'm going to say 7-6. Juliet? Oh, Oh, everybody likes stupid things, so it's probably got a solid nine. Kevin Israel, you are closest, 7.2. Nah, I knew it. Rotten Tomato score, the old one through 100% range. Juliet Miranda, I'll go to you first. Critics, Rotten Tomato score. What did Scream score? 78. Kevin Israel? We're doing critics? Yes. 66. Julia Miranda will get both showcases, 79%. Wow. Hell yeah. Audience Rotten Tomato score, Kevin Israel. I feel like this is going to be high. I feel like this is going to be an 88. Juliet? Yeah, I'll push that up to a 90. 79 for both wow. critics right. and audience. That has to be a first for us. Quotes. Kevin Israel, the obvious. What's your favorite scary movie? Of course. A deep cut that I enjoy. Mom says when I wear the badge, I'm a man of the law. (laughs) It's a scream, baby. I'll be right back. My mom's going to kill me. That was funny. And, of course, Jamie Kennedy in his comedic chops. I never thought I'd be so happy to be a virgin. (laughs) Any quotes jump out from you? The uh, the only one that, that I heard and I kept bringing around in my head, and I, th- I think this is the quote. He goes, I'm hurt real bad. Yeah, yeah. that's the one that, uh, right with the, uh, my mom's going to kill me yeah. where he's on the phone. Yeah. Juliet, any quotes at this from this film jump out at you? Uh, well, they all do because they're all nerd monologues. Uh, but I found at the very beginning when they were talking about horror movies and they said that uh, the sequel to Nightmare on Elm Street sucked. It did. It's terrible. 
I hate Nightmare on Elm Nightmare Street 2 is one of the worst sequels ever made. Okay. I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I see it, heads it nodding. absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I even remember the sequel. Game. I remember the first one and Dream Warriors. And I love, I love Dream, Dream Warriors. Warriors. Is excellent. Love, love it, love yeah. it. Yeah, two is the one where he's on the where he goes to the kid's belly and all that. He's on the bus. Remember that oh, he drives yeah. the bus through yeah. the desert. Yeah. It's a bunch of horseshoe horse shit ado about nothing is what it is. But Dream yeah. Warriors was four, right? Three. No, Dream that's three. Child was four. Dream Master was four. Dream yeah. Child was five. I think six was Freddie Lives. I guess no. Wasn't it New Nightmare, or did that come mm-hmm. later? That was the one I was in high school that came out where he crosses over to the real world. Yeah. Yeah, I think okay. it's – let's do a quick Googs called no, Freddy's not. Dead, The Final Nightmare is six. And now you know, and knowing is half the battle. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five the original title of this movie was Scary Movie, ironically Ooh. enough. The 2000 Keenan Ivory Wayans joint that actually is pretty fucking funny. You know what's funny about that? So the Weinstein, Bob Weinstein, I think, uh, changed the name. And whenever I see the Weinsteins now tied to a movie, I'm like, oh, I wonder who he raped in this movie. <laughs> well, Bob, well, Bob apparently was the one who was yelling at Harvey to stop that shit, apparently. And Harvey was the, nah, let's throw caution <laughs> to the wind. These girls aren't going to drop a dime on me. It's Oopsie. just a finger. <laughs> just. Is that what you call just this a penis? Just a back rub. You, if you're a guy, if you everyone would just completely just, oh, wince and make a face and almost feel ashamed to be a man, listen to the Harvey Weinstein oh. tape where, like, where she records him. Like, I'm just an hotel. ugly guy. Exactly. I'm just Ugh. an ugly guy with a small dick. I'm, an, I'm a Jew. I'm a very ugly guy. And like, oh, come on, dude. Stop thinking. Just come in the room. Just yeah. come in there. I just want to yeah. talk. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to talk. I want to towel. Fun fact number two, George Romero and Sam Raimi were approached to direct, but turned it down. Smart man. Now, this is one of my favorite section. The casting directors approached whom to play the role of Sidney Prescott before Nev Campbell? Alicia Witt. I have no idea who that is. Nope. Brittany Murphy. And my buddy's favorite joke I've done ever, in his opinion, is Bad Coke 1, Brittany Murphy 0. Jesus Christ. And Reese Witherspoon approached to play the role that Nev Campbell. I could see that. I could, too. The film was originally given an NC-17 rating because it was too gruesome, and despite the fact that Craven initially refused to cut anything, the movie was edited and resubmitted by the studio nine times before given an R rating. Where's the, uh, where's the lobby for the release the uh, Craven cut? I'd rather, I'd rather watch this 50,000 times than I would... Fucking Batman versus Superman. Uh, you're broken, man. No. But, <laughs> please, let's recycle an awful film and inject another 45 minutes of unwatchable material in an already bad film. That's what we call in the business a bad idea. It's going to make it better. Anyway. <laughs> Number five. Who? Maybe one of you. Nah, I don't think so. I was going to say, can you guess who was up for the role of Gail Weathers before Courtney Cox took it? No, you'll never get him. Brooke Shields. And here's a curveball. Janine Garofalo. Ah, oh, that's a bad show. You know what? Like, she didn't need to be, like, I mean, if it was was always Janine Garofalo, like, it could have made sense. Like, she didn't need to be a hot, sexy. 
Yeah, but what if David Arquette fawned over her and married Janine Garofalo? Survey says. Eh. Yeah, but David Arquette was supposed to be like a doofy character anyway, yeah. so no, very I, think it, I think it could have worked. I think we're just blinded by the cocks. <laughs> Ding. Okay, everybody. Those are our five fun facts and quotes. But now, Juliet Miranda, the floor is yours. Two guts. What? The sacred, sacred cow. cow. All right, y'all. Look, you said it before, I love horror movies, but this one annoys the crap out of me, mostly because, and you see this throughout the whole goddamn movie, it winks and nods at the viewer so many times, I think it should come with a rape whistle. <laughs> You're sitting there just watching the movie, and it's got to tell you, oh, hey, I'm a horror movie, and I know horror movies, and let me give you all the reasons why. And it kicks in from the start of the fucking movie. You can't get away from them. Like, they're just constantly talking about horror movies, like, oh, hey, if this was a horror movie, you know what would happen? It's exhausting. I agree with that. Fair. It's, you know what? You're, you're, it, it, it goes overboard in being self-aware. It's so fucking meta. They just sit there and they make references. And not just to horror movies, but to everything that happens in pop culture. Like, there was a reference there. Uh, Rose McGowan is talking to Nev Campbell, and she says, well, it's like, George, uh, what's his name? Um, Richard Gere and the gerbil. You hear it enough times, you're going to believe it happened. What does that even mean today? <laughs> I laugh at that line still. I don't give a shit. It's funny. Especially at the time. It was goddamn a riot. <laughs> well, and so you just you keep watching this over and over again, and, and you see things. Like, like Linda Blair has a cameo in the movie, and they just keep shoving things down your throat. Like, look how much we know about horror movies. Wes Craven <laughs> has a cameo in it, and it just doesn't end. You can't even watch the movie without playing a drinking game to them. That's the only way the movie is enjoyable, if you drink every time you hear a horror movie nod. Fair. Do you, uh, so, so because you hate the fact that it's so self-aware, how did you feel about Cabin in the Woods? See, Cabin in the Woods is different because it doesn't rely on those nods to make the movie. It's part of the storyline. You know, it's incorporated into it so that you see these things and you start laughing because it's so absurd. It isn't integral to the movie. I love Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, Cabin in the Woods is hysterical. And I was going to use that as a comparison because the comedy in this movie is just so self-aware and so overblown that it kind of ruins any sense of dread. Because like I said, they're always talking about horror movies. And they'll say, oh, and this happens next in the movie. And as they're saying it, it's happening in the movie. You know, you could be looking into a mirror, you know, over and over again and just see this movie projected back at you. Yep, I completely agree. And those fucking nerd monologues, you've seen High Fidelity, right? This is uh, High Fidelity. That movie, only- by the stop, that movie is fucking shit, and I'll fight anybody who says that right now. I hate it's- High Fidelity. This movie is a horror movie version of High Fidelity. It just takes place in a video store. They sit there and they wax poetic about fucking horror movies for the whole goddamn movie, and nothing ever happens. They just talk about them. I like how, how you, after every thing. point, she takes a hit of her bourbon. Oh, it's like yeah. a self-congratulatory. Next point, click. This bullet. movie just makes me <laughs> insane. I was watching it, and I just kept getting more and more angry because I kept seeing things that were driving me nuts. And they referenced Jamie Lee Curtis in the movie. Did you catch this? They're talking about her boobs. Oh, yeah. And every... 
like uh, she didn't become successful until she showed her boobs in trading places, I think is what they said. That's right. But she was amazing in Halloween. She was the original Scream Queen. Nev Campbell is not a Scream Queen. She just isn't because for starters, you have to have a little bit of a sex appeal to be a Scream Queen. And this movie has absolutely zero sex appeal. None whatsoever. They talk oh. about it a lot, but it has none. We'll get into that in my notes. That's for sure. Nev Campbell <laughs> reminds me of that girl who you saw and you're like, ah, oh, I really want to go after her. And then you go on a date with her and you're like, ah, oh, she sucks. And I just want this to bitch. end. I want to yes. take her home. Like she doesn't have much of a personality. She doesn't have anything to say. She's kind of judgy. Judgy. Opinions yeah. and yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're right. It's like, all right, let's get that quick blowjob in the car so I can at least get my ROI of my Chili's dinner night out with her. And she won't even give that up in the movie. They keep talking about having PG-13 style sex until she finally gives in at the end when he calls her a whore. And she's like, oh, well, maybe I will be a whore. It's just the most unsexy, unfulfilling sex scene ever in a teenage horror movie. But, you know, even if the movie had a better script, even if it didn't have all these self-aware things, the scares in it just stink. If you watch it carefully, you don't actually see any blood until after the kill happens, which drives me insane. Like you see the knife go in, then there's a cutaway, and then it comes back, and then all of a sudden there's blood. That doesn't make it a horror movie. That just makes it a really bad after-school special. It's painful. I would just say more of like a Cinemax softcore porn where it's very like Enya playing in the background, and you see yes. a lot of butt cheeks in the air, a humping, but there's no penetration. Right, like, their, their pelvises this? don't even line up. Like, that wouldn't work. <laughs> the guy's pulling short six inches because she has those protective, like, the, the, the pad on, the, whatever, the chastity pad, whatever the fuck they call that. Did you ever see the movie The Room? Yes. Yes. You know, the sex scene in that, he's, there's no way. This is ass, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, like, way lower than her pelvis. <laughs> if The Room is on one end of the spectrum, and if we're going to choose another R-rated movie on the other side, it's Monster's Ball, because Billy Bob goes balls fucking deep in her. I'm convinced. <laughs> and I'm jealous. <laughs> she's hot as fuck. But you're not going to get that in Scream. This is probably no. the most tame horror movie. I don't even know how it got that R rating and how they had to fight for it because these kills are ridiculous. Like, it starts out okay. Like, the whole Drew Barrymore scene in the beginning, that's fun. That's a little scary here and there. But then they telegraph all the rest of the kills in. What was it? it was the garage door scene. She got stuck in, what, the cat door? And then which, it just. Which, by the way. A garage, no garage door opener would yeah. ever let you die in it. I can't no. even. I can't even keep like a piece of paper in front of my garage door, and it stops from closing. Like, and if and it can't, it can barely lift itself, let alone a hundred and three pound. Uh, what's her fucking name? Rose McGowan. Rose McGowan. Rose McGowan. Yeah. With her hair. Terrible actress, too. By the way. Don't get me wrong, I like her, but she is terrible in this movie. She what are you trying to say, Juliet? You don't believe her now with all the Harvey Weinstein accusations? Oh, please. I'm sure she's <laughs> totally on the level, but her acting, I don't believe. I thought, I thought it was a little, she was acting with that, but all right. So. <laughs> talking about the scares how it builds no sense of dread i mean isn't that one of the critical elements of a horror movie you need to experience something that scares you you know you need to have a little bit of attention uh you need to dread what's going to happen but you don't feel for the characters 
they tell you that somebody's going to die. You learn very early on you can't trust the telephone. So this whole movie, you're just sitting there watching things happening and not giving a fuck about anybody. No one. You don't give a shit about Matthew no. Lillard. <laughs> Matthew Lillard is the most obnoxious actor I, I have ever seen. I, I don't I have to, I always like Matthew Lillard. Oh, I don't stop it. What are you I, don't, I don't know what it was about him. I always liked him. I liked him in 13 Ghosts. Uh, 13 I, Ghosts isn't bad. I mean, it's not good either. But it's a unique, it's a very interesting concept. At least it's, it's very original. Well, it's um, a takeoff on, um, uh, oh, I forget the director. Not Roger Corman, but one of the older. It's, it's a remake of an older movie. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, House on Haunted Hill also was. Yeah. Um, and it was a kind of a cool idea, but Matthew Lillard in it is just insufferable. I always kind of liked him. He oh, he's a big Shaggy fan from Scooby-Doo. Yeah, and I, I, I think his Shaggy is dead on. It is dead on. But what else is was he into? Was it not, was not Varsity Blues? Was it, she, was it Ken Hardly Wait? Or what? He was another teen comedy. One he of was, those he was like 90s the teen, teen comedy stars. king in the yeah. 90s. Him and Freddie Prinze Jr. Yeah. He Brand was like the 90s. Yeah. Completely anyway. unsexy guy. And then who's the heartthrob uh, you know, guy, the boyfriend, Skeet Ulrich? <laughs> Or as I call Johnny him, Depp. Or as oh, you mother! No, as I no, no, no. Or as I call him in my notes, retarded Ethan Hawke. Yes. <laughs> did you notice he never closes his fucking mouth throughout right. the entire movie? He's a mouth sitting there and it's just oh, my lips are open because I'm brooding so hard for everything that's going on. <laughs> I bet there's a lot of open mouth breathing in the casino in Biloxi where you were this weekend. <laughs> There was a lot of everything in that casino and not a single mask to be seen. I mean, we're talking free for all in there. Rona can't get me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just that doused cool. myself in code red Mountain Dew and pray to Jesus. <laughs> that pool was a Petri dish, let me tell you. Oof. If you can survive a pool in Vegas, you can survive a pool anywhere. That's what I say. Yeah. <laughs> Juliet, what else do you have on your uh, bullet point list? Uh, all of it. I mean, it just the acting sucks. The script sucks. The score sucks. It hammers you over the head in every scene and in completely inappropriate ones. Like they're showing you this bright sunny day, a White House, and then there's these low minor scales that that do nothing. They, they just tell you, oh, hey, look, it's a horror movie again. It's mm -hmm. it's overblown. And I know there's this tendency, you guys talk about the nostalgia factor all the time. You and know. I can see how this movie might have a nostalgic effect, but it doesn't hold up. It just doesn't. You watch this and you, you can't get into it because it just doesn't work. I got to tell you, and I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of the nostalgic factor, but this podcast has slowly ruined the 90s for me. <laughs> I know, this is your decade should. too. <laughs> I love, I, lo I look back on the 90s like it was the golden era of everything. Like, um, I was awesome in the 90s. And, uh, and then slowly, like every movie, I mean, we did, <laughs> we did Face Off last week. And I went into that, I was like, I love this movie. And then I, now I'm just like, that was, the, that was a shitty movie. <laughs> and then also with this, I mean, I, did, I wasn't as, as married to this as I was to some other of the action movies, but. Uh, yeah, this this podcast is just slowly making me question everything that I was built on. Thanks, Kev. Instead of ga uh, gutting the sacred cow, gaslighting your sacred cows. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Israel, would you like to start with your notes first, or shall I start with mine? I can go. Um, Please do. 
I mean, I don't, I, you know, I saw this movie in the theater uh, in 96. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, a, I think, a junior in college. And I never saw it again until we just watched it for this. And I went into the second watching of it thinking, just, when, we, when, when Kev told me that we were doing this, I was like, oh, I know the movie Scream. And then it started and I was like, oh, I don't remember anything about this movie. Like nothing, nothing of it stuck with me. And the only good part of the movie is the first 10 minutes. The Drew Barrymore scene is the only actual horror tense scene that culminates into something. Like that whole scene should have just been a movie and they should have just ended it there and been like, ha ha, kidding. It was just gonna be 10 minutes. Here's $6 back. Because it, that was that was honestly the best part. You 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 meet this character. You kind of get an idea of what he what she who she is and what she's about. She has this crazy conversation with this guy. She gets killed, and her parents come home and find her strung up in a tree. Like it, it's a perfect to me. It was a perfect horror scene. Like it was done. It was done very well. So the second time watching it, and because I didn't remember most of the movie, I was like, oh, I guess this was this is going to be better than I remembered it because that was actually pretty good. And then it just falls off the rail. It was like somebody else wrote and directed that first scene. And then they were like, all right, now you guys come in and do the rest. And it's, it just, it falls apart. The dialogue in it is atrocious. This movie feels like the horror version of the Big Bang Theory. Like it's just people. Oh, let's not go that fucking far. That's a, no, no, no. I'm putting the brakes on that one. That is completely unwatchable and unfunny. No, I feel. I that honestly feel like more tolerable. The than producers that. of the Big Bang Theory watched this movie and were like, "Hey, we should do this with the nerd culture because yes. I think we can pull it off." You just have people talking. Nobody has conversations like that no. that happen in this movie. Are it's you a trying to tell me nerd monologue? Are you yes, trying to tell me nerd that? orgy? Wes Craven was one bazinga away from fucking slicing open Jamie Kennedy's throat too. Yes, yes, I, I, I do think so. I think this oh. is crazily over the top. The, the all, each of the characters was just worse, and not even two one-dimensional characters that you didn't care about. And you were right when you said that you didn't care that they got killed. And the funny thing is, the when the principal gets killed, I thought that was really strange. I didn't see, there was no reason for him to get killed. There was no suggestion that the killer was in the high school. There was, it, just, it was just so out of nowhere that it just didn't fit. And then I read that they actually made them kill the principal because there wasn't enough killings. There were 30 pages without any killings. And they said, you need to kill somebody. So they're like, well, we'll kill the principal. And it ended up working out for later on in the movie. But it, wasn't, it didn't fit into the plot because it wasn't part of the original plot. Um, oh, I was trying to figure out why you said it works out later that they kill the principal because everyone just clears out of the house and then right. shuts them. They got needed okay. to get everyone out of the house and they were able to do it with oh, them all being upset that the principal got killed. But, they weren't upset. They were more curious and upset. Right. Well, right. What, yeah, right. Whatever it was. Um, but yeah, the whole, I mean, it's it, the, one of my other problems with this movie that, and Kev, I want to come up with a scale for this and I don't know how we can do it, but I look at movies as in what level of reality do they exist? Like some movies are in the real world fully, like Philadelphia. Philadelphia takes place in the real world. Then you have movies like Avengers that takes place in a comic book with real people. And then you have this. I like this idea. Let's go. Then you have levels in between. You know, there's uh, action movies like Rambo and Commando that look like they're in the real world, but they're really not because people couldn't do that. And then, and so the, my problem with this movie is that it's presented to you like it's in the real world. You're supposed to be scared of this movie because this is real people being killed by real people doing real people things. 
And then at the end, Matthew Lillard gets stabbed like seven times <laughs> and he's bleeding his face out and he's just whining about it the whole whining. time. At some point you would go into shock and he never do- and they just keep stabbing each other and this r- ridiculous bright red blood that's not what blood looks like at all is coming out. And I, the whole, I was just like, is he, just let him die already. Like, he shouldn't still be alive. And then when um, And then he gets Ulrich, a TV on his head, too. Right, right. And then, and then Skeet Ulrich survives all of that shit that he goes through. And it, it just gets to the point where it's like, none of this, when physical damage doesn't mean anything to anybody anymore, the stakes are lost. But and, hold on, I'll, I'll, I'll combat that. How many horror films have we seen where these super villains or super ghouls or whatever take an absolute fucking beating? Michael Myers, Halloween, probably the, my favorite Halloween, arguably the best Halloween of all time, or the best horror film of all time, gets stabbed, gets shot six times, falls off a fucking two-story you know, bedroom window. What happens? Jamie Curtis looks out the window, gone. Freddy Krueger, set fire, stab, holy water, done. They're supernatural. Oh, exactly. Not Michael Myers. Michael Myers is not supernatural. Michael Myers has a suggestion of supernatural. Yes, he does, but he's shape. And that's what makes him an unstoppable killing force is that he is this personality devoid creature that just keeps going. That's what his fear factor is. There's no fear factor in Scream because you ultimately find out it's two college kids who feel bad because their daddy left them. Right, right. And you know, and Kev, that's actually a good point because then you could say, so uh, Halloween exists in closer to the real world than Friday the 13th because clearly Friday the Jason is supernatural. There's no question about that. Um, but so that, that, was, that, that really ruined the horror aspect of this movie for me because there was just no kind of commitment to it. It was all over the place. Like, I mean, I, everything you said, the dialogue's bad. The, the, the characters are all bland um and then the whole discovery the whole everything motivating this movie was so lame like nothing about like i thought it was going to be more about like it turned out her mother was a killer or something and she killed their parent like something good and it turned out that your dad had an affair with her and you're just unhappy well and they keep like that was it they keep throwing the dad at you to try and make you think that the dad is the killer. Right. You know, he's just complete throwaway red herring character who just pops up the end all of a sudden when they tie him up and make him watch their daughter cry. Right, right. And then he appears and she's supposed to be like, Daddy! And you're like, I don't even know who the fuck this guy is yeah. and why I should care about him. Yeah, especially how he's wearing a jean jacket. Yuck. <laughs> Denim tuxedo. Yeah, that's a Canadian that's a Canadian tuxedo. There you go. <laughs> Kevin Israel, give me a score on Scream. Uh, three and a half. Wow. Yeah. I did not expect that. All right, my nose. First and foremost, Drew Barry has never or will ever do it for me. She has the look on her face 24-7 like she's always walking into somebody's fart cloud. Really? In this, you didn't think she was kind of hot? Nope. I did. Because her wig is faker than Ellen DeGeneres' cutie pie personality. No one's buying it. Uh, Come on, Drew. Jiffy Pop on the stove is so 1985. We had microwave popcorn back in 1996. Please, get with the fucking time. Oh, you and I both know that it cooked on the stove is much better than it cooked in the microwave. It got dried out. My my dad dried it out then. I'll blame it on him. I don't know. (laughs) If this film took place now, it would have zero phone calls and all text, no phones ringing, and everything would be screenshot and shared on Instagram. 
That was a movie. I think it was, uh, oh, fuck. I can't remember the name of it, but that was a movie. Do you like scary movies? LOL. <laughs> emoji. Eggplant emoji. Poop. <laughs> With the scream face emoji. <laughs> By the way, that was the fastest disembowelment I've seen that was not done by a velociraptor. Three seconds for that guy to get all of his guts to fall out with a slightly bigger than Swiss Army knife. I declare shenanigans. That's and that's a fair point, and I'm glad you made that point. And then what? And she was. And then they kill her, and she's hung up in the tree in what it amounted to three minutes. Not even. Three not minutes. even. It's like not 40 even. seconds, and she's killed and hanging from the tree. Who did that? Those two idiot. No, they were always no. They were never together. It was always one and one. They they were always separately apart because they always had, had alibis for oh, each right, other. Right, right. It had been it had to be Matthew Lillard because what's his face was crashed again. Now uh, Nev Campbell, as you mentioned, Juliet, sporting a mullet like she's playing in the Canadian Junior Hockey League. Not a fan. Uh, no wonder Sydney isn't putting out. She has an Indigo Girls poster on her wall. Read the cue, Ski Ulrich. <laughs> Jesus Christ, she's announcing she goes to the fucking Lilith Fair in as many words. No wonder why it's not getting past PG PG thirteen territory. I have an eye. Also wears flannel pajamas. Yeah, yeah. I love grunge too, Neb. But Jesus Christ, let it go. Billy uh, Loomis, his name is. Why are you still with Sydney if she is a cock tease? Why would you not go for Rose McGowan, who will fuck anyone, including Marilyn Manson, Robert Rodriguez, and Harvey Weinstein? <laughs> By the way, speaking of, wasn't it fun just to see Rose McGowan pre-Boiler Bunny crazy? I think it was. I always thought she was hot. Yeah, me too. Oof. Jamie Kennedy would never be allowed to hang out with that group in real life. No fucking way is he hanging out with those kids. No. There was always there was always a kid with the popular kids who was like a little weird, like who was, but not that fringe. No way. But no, he was he was full on band nerd, and I know because I was a band nerd. (laughs) I had to triple check that that Courtney Cox's cameraman wasn't Danny McBride. Triple check, and it wasn't him. I'm like, that's him. That's not him. It ain't him. It's not him. No, it's not. Courtney Cox at her absolute hottest next to Ace Ventura and Masters of the Universe. Wow. You like Take that? a beat for the Masters of the Universe. Buddy, you, you know me, full of esoteric references. Hey, when the Fonz expelled those two kids, don't you think they could have won? Hey, how about another chance? Oh, good. One more pop culture reference. Just what the movie needed. We're going to get to that. Nev Campbell doesn't tell anyone at school she nearly got shanked in the bathroom like she was a prison snitch. Not a word. No teachers. Like, I almost got fucking killed in the bathroom. I have a problem with that. The the janitor mopping up with the red sweater, hat, and called Freddy. And the leather jacket in the Fonz's closet. Jesus Christ, Wes Craven, you are less subtle than a boner in a pair of wind pants. That is Wes Craven. Yeah. You know what? I want to go back to something you just said, Kev, because I think it's a great point. Thank you. The thing in the the, um, bathroom, I hate it in movies and in TV shows, and I always call it out, when people do not behave like people do. And that's one of the things that takes you most out of a movie is when you go, nobody, nobody just like, she, she just walked out and was like, Ooh, glad I survived that one back to biology. Like, <laughs> I, I, I feel like it's just the laziest form of writing and, or maybe it's just in the editing. It just never, it doesn't work out that way. But that I'm, I'm glad you said that you brought that scene up because that drove me nuts. And it really takes you out of, especially a horror movie 
when you're being, we all know what it feels like to be scared and how we, re, how we respond to fear. And that's what's great about a scary movie is that you, you have to put yourself in this position and go, if I was being chased by a guy with a chainsaw, what, what would I do? And if somebody, if a masked person attacked me in the high school bathroom, the first thing I would have done is run to the, the, the lady wearing the vest in the middle of the hallway and been like, there's a fucking psycho in there who just tried to slash me. So yeah, good point, Kev. You, you don't think they'd be, she'd be screaming her fucking ass off? Instead, we've got Marley Maitland in the fucking bathroom trying to escape. These winks, as Juliet alluded to, they are like someone with Tourette's. We fucking get it. You like horror movies and have done horror movies. Here's a question for the both of you. Who would you drown in a bathtub after you drown Josh Gad? Would you rather drown Matthew Lillard or would you rather drown Jamie Kennedy? Oh, Matthew Lillard. Heartbeat. Oh, Jamie yeah. Kennedy. Come on. Oh, the he Jamie Kennedy. Fucking no, had down. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Jamie Kennedy in a heartbeat. He annoys me. You ever see that film Heckler, Kevin? He did about, no. heck, about hecklers. He, th- this heckler goes on and takes the tits out of him and he cries like a fucking bitch. It's hilarious. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Matthew Lillard, the same character here as he is in the movie Hackers, just with less pigtails. The party scene where Jamie Kennedy is discussing the rules of horror would get torn apart today. Why? Because the, the, the actors in that, in that scene are, less, are, 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 less white, are more whiter than a crowd at a University of North Dakota hockey game. No black people or anyone who's even remotely Italian in that scene. Just pointing out. That doesn't bother me. I'm just saying the people today would have a problem with it. I also laughed. (laughs) What's that? It was very woke of you. (laughs) Oh, the woke points. I laughed because, again, I have an an eye for the stupidest detail. At the not-so-subtly placed copies of the movie Smoke and the movie Clerks, two more Miramax films in the frames. Hey. Always be selling. I like how the killers took shots every time they, they killed somebody. It wasn't a clean sweep like Michael Myers just goes in or the T-800 or T-1000. Just, nope, you're out. At least they got their ass yeah. kicked in the process. But, and that, but that's another point. In the garage scene, he really gets the shit beat out of him. Mm-hmm. With the beer bottles. And, and none of it results it's, in anything. Right. There's no bruises on either of them. They never look beat up or anything. It's just... You can't. You got to be consistent. With that said, I I think this works. This film works. It's a fun satire. Yes, it is very heavy-handed. Yes, it is subtle like a kick in the nuts. I get it. Does it pass the remote test? Not for you, Kevin Israel. For nope. me, not really. I, but I tell you what, nostalgia be damned. I, I went with a girl, and the first time we saw it in the theater, I got a slow and lazy hand job. I'm not going to hold that against her. I still like this film. I like but, it. I but get it was Kevin it. giving it to himself. So <laughs> <laughs> I cut the old bottom of the popcorn chick. You know, you, you've all seen Diner. I still like, like this. Like a buttery dick. Yeah. <laughs> Movie theater butter, not real butter. That shit's all chemicals. That gets in your urethra. It's going to burn. <laughs> I like this film. I get why people shit on it. It has holes. I'm not. It's like. I'm not, I'm not going to defend this film. It's like Batman Begins. I don't have to save you, but I'm not going to kill you either. I get why you don't like it. I'm not going to go out and on, on, on die on my hill like I would for Usual Suspects or Matrix or Caddyshack or Clerks or something I love. I like it. I, still, I think it's a six and a half. I still like it. Wow. It's good. I tell you what, the second one's not as good. I, think, I love the third one. I think the third one 
Juliet shaking her head. I don't give a shit. You give me your snarky looks. I like how it kind of all got wrapped and they had got really in depth about her mom and this and that. And it was kind of cool what they did with it in the third one. It got shit on. I get it. They bring Liev Shriver back as Cotton Weary in the, in the third one, second one to a degree too. But I, I like it. It's fun. You can turn your brain off. There are a few ha-has. Again, I understand why people don't like it, but I still like it. I'm not, but six and a half. I, I, I'm as surprised by that as you are by my score. All right, you thought that's what I was going to hate this? Yeah, I thought you were going to come in and shred it. I, I don't know. I just, I like it. It's, I'm it's, pleasantly surprised, Kevin. Oh, good. I'm, I'm Blinded by a handjob. Big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> a slow, lazy so handjob, nonetheless. Hand <laughs> I mean, this was 96. So, did she put the glove on while she did it? Yeah, oh, like an animal house? <laughs> if you're not even going to try, why right. am I bothering? <laughs> Hilarious. All right. So, we, Julia, give me a score of 1 to 10 as well. Two. Yes. Two. Wow. I'm surprised, Kevin, you hated this much. I expected a five out of you, so. Uh, you know what? I went in expecting that I was going to like it more, so much more than I did, and I was so <laughs> bored by it and annoyed Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I couldn't soak. And I think, honestly, I think this podcast is ruining me for movies. <laughs> I did think of you at one part, Kevin, when they had the soundtrack, the not the score, but the soundtrack. Perfect '90s mix. You had Moby, you had that Republica, that one song that she did. It that's another '90s soundtrack. You're like, oh yeah, okay. Oh, you'll always, you'll always get me with some some really good '90s pop. Uh, but even that couldn't say. And, and you know what I I also love about '90s movies, and and I didn't mention it in a Face Off. I love seeing how people dressed in the '90s. Oh, well, absolutely! I dressed oh. like all of them. Like literally, I went through every phase of style in the '90s, and any like like from uh, Nick Cage's color like like metallic colored shirts to like Jenko jeans to like I did it all, and it all was terrible but i loved every minute of it yeah so basically you're 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 saying you dress like the like the like the carpet of a casino floor yes oh yeah (laughs) oh i did it all i did the i think this is this is i don't know if this is 90s it might have been earlier 2000s i did the uh the bowling shirts that were big from swingers i did i I did i did have the 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 jeff probe survivor necklaces too i had the uh, i had the big metal ball necklaces that were that, that was a super '90s trend. I had those. I, did, oh. I had those too. Yeah. Oh, we all hot, we hot topic it up, but they know we are posers. Yeah. I mean, that <laughs> no, was super Jersey though. Was, <laughs> even though I love, even though I love punk music, I'd still go in there and talk about the Dead Kennedys. <laughs> but let's just see what other people thought. Now we're going to go to our critics' five star reviews. Five star reviews. Five star reviews by critics. No one will ever consider Wes Craven's scream Oscar fodder, but this funny and scary little experiment in terror from the man who invented Nightmare on Elm Street put some fun back into a very tired genre. Scream builds to a splattering finale that should leave genre fans highly satisfied. Here's to one of the year's best thrillers. And now, review, this is for me. And now, from reviews from people who have an agenda and just can't let a movie be a movie. Number one, Scream is a queer horror film. Not only is it written by a genre horror vet and notable out gay man, Kevin Williamson, it features one of the most covert queer bromances of the 90s. 
What, Matthew Lillard and what's his name? Skate Ulrich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the next one, Scream is the story of when innocent women come up against angry men. Oh, give me a fucking break. That's a spirit. <laughs> These critics, I, you read, I do the research. I just when would you know? Do you know when that was written? They're all at the top of the Rotten Tomatoes. So it's so recent. recent, most recently. Yeah. yeah. So, well, that's what happens when you take a 2020 reviewer and make them watch a 1996 movie and apply current standards to it. No, <laughs> I just want to go on all these 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 uh, the Rotten Tomatoes boards and go, critics. Guess what? You can't cash in woke points at Dave and Buster's right. for a spider right. ring. Okay. Right. Critics one star reviews. Critics one star reviews. Critics one star reviews. <laughs> Scream may be a cut above the gore fest that the line. The, sorry, that line. The dimly lit back wall at your video store, but it is but it is a far cry from genre classics like Halloween or Craven's own Nightmare on Elm Street. No one's arguing that guy. Jesus. Once all pretense and self-congratulatory winks to the audience have finished, the climax pretty much goes on the auto drive, relying on the basic slasher fare. Now, that's true, because, Kevin, you made a great point. Back to the Drew Barrymore kill. That was a, a pretty ornate killing. After that, it's just your basic bitch slash. Yeah. Nothing yeah. special. Everyone's just yeah. getting shanked like, in, uh, like Cheadle did in Out of Sight with Clooney when they're walking the prison yard. Nothing too glorious. At least Nightmare on Elm Street, the, the shitty sequels, they got more imaginative it's with the killings. creative, yes. Right. It appeared to be cr- uh, clever, dangerous, witty, and fresh, but it sadly became victim to the movies it mocked even before it had ended. First, it's not scary. And second, after seeing it, you may scream at yourself for wasting your time and money. Sick burn! Juliet, now it's I said the name of the movie in my review. Get it? <laughs> See, you know how the guys who write the movies, they have the movie and the title and the movie line in the movie? Well, that's what I did with my review. Get it? Amazon five-star reviews. Amazon five-star review the ooze. It's time for Amazon five-star reviews, five-star reviews. It's good. Timeless classic 90s throwback joint. Plus, it has the guy from SLC Punk in it. Lillard. What? Salt oh. Lake City Punk. I never, I, I never watched it, but I know, I know he was in that. <laughs> Next one. Loved it. By the way, when we first saw this, I was the only one who guessed it. My husband didn't even guess anyone, but he's proud that I did. So here's a shout out to you. Love you, babe. <laughs> Why? I love people. We're love- married over the internet. Why? We've never actually met each other. I love when people who have 480 SAT scores combined write reviews. This is literally the best movie ever. I've watched it five times this quarantine. I'm obsessed. This is the only movie I have access to. (laughs) I'm at my grandmother's house and Chilean has this on VHS on a loop and doesn't have cable. (laughs) Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon one-star reviews. It's time for Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon one-star reviews. It was honestly so painful to watch that after the first 15 minutes, I had to turn it off. It's a tough sell over 20 years later, and especially after the horror genre, 
<clears throat> specifically women's role in that genre, has totally been redefined. Hard pass. Now I say, or how about the main character is a woman who kills both of the bad guys? Do your fucking homework before inserting an agenda into your review. Thank you, dummy. I I hate this. I hate when they try and go in for the, oh, I'm going to be more woke and get noticed on Amazon. But you miss the fucking point by a country mile. Okay. I just I Go ahead. Finish. It's just, it's exhausting because like, yes, women should have all the opportunities to have lead roles and, and be the hero and everything else that every good that guys have. I 100% support that women should be paid the same. Totally. But here's the thing. If you're going to make a a, a horror movie or an action movie and you're going to want to say it's got to be equal, then, yeah, women are going to get killed and get beaten the shit out of. Like, there was that whole controversy from, I don't remember which X-Men, Apocalypse, where there was a movie screen. There was the poster of Apocalypse holding... um, Storm? uh, Not Storm. uh, Jean uh, Grey? The Blue Girl. Oh, Mystique. Mystique. You're the Holding comic the... book nerd. How the fuck don't you I know? know? I don't know why I just blanked on Mystique. <laughs> Holding Mystique by the throat. And, and women's groups came out en masse and said that this was supporting violence against women. And I you, was know, like, you are never going to make these people happy. I mean, even if you give them a female protagonist who actually does seek revenge for whatever has happened, they're still going to say it glorifies violence against women because they don't understand what horror movies are about. Or, it's just never going to happen. Or they did, and it's called Star Wars Episodes 7, 8, and 9. No one has a problem with female heroes except when you force feed them down your throat and it's... It, and what's her face got so angry about it? Oh, who directed the new Charlie's Angels? Elizabeth Banks. Oh, I guess American men are, are people are too sexist. No, asshole. We just gave yeah. a billion dollars times three to each of the Star Wars films because no one gives a fuck about a new Charlie's Angels film. We already did them. Or a new Ghostbusters or any of right. them. You just don't need to do it. Right. Even the scene in Endgame at the very end where there's suddenly all the women were together and they're like, we got your back. And I was right. like, I mean, little oh, contrived. Right. We get contrived. it. You have a bunch of strong female characters. Great, I like them. But you're just you're like force feeding it to us, and I don't. Women should be offended by that. Yeah, you're because like, it completely erases their importance that they have as characters. Then you're forced to look at them as this whole entity of women, as opposed right. to being just characters in a movie. Right. Bingo. Three more. The only positive of this failure is an astounding young actor, Skeet Ulrich. The rest is no good and no good at all. Scream is the movie that not only restarted the horror movie fashion in the 90s, but also started teen, stupid and immature movie style itself. Such horrible movies as American Pie, (laughs) Hunt, Not Another Teen Movie, Hilarious, and Harvard Man. Right, I know. Thank you. Wasn't that Tom Green? I don't even know. Would not have been made without Screen. How dare they be Smirch American Pie? That is, a, that is the last funny teen comedy film. It is. Absolutely. Although I got to say Porky's is a million times better. Disagree. Porky's is boring. <gasps> what? Yep. Oh, we're I said it. about that later. I said it. Porky's uh, is boring. She's coming back to... She's coming back to defend Porky's. I will defend Porky's till the day I oh, die. Oh, it is boring. Boring and bad and not it's funny. It's fucking hysterical. The my, dick in the shower scene is it. After that, it is best. nothing. 
My important question is, do you think after Lil John, anyone ever named their kid Skeet? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a Skeet shooter. (laughs) I wanted my money back. There really isn't any point to this movie, except spelled, except as in accepted into college, that this psycho goes around killing every teenager. The only part worth seeing is when Henley, is when Henley, God damn it. The only part worth seeing is when Henry Winkler, Signed, the biggest Waterboy movie fan. <laughs> and this last one, if you thought that one was butchered, I cut and paste, Juliet. I don't fucking know. And eh, E-H, uh, E-I-H, and eh, didn't get it. It's not lick cool, K-U-L, scare movies, M-O-V-Y-S, lick the Rocky Horror Picture Show, or don't open the door. Signed, Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> oh, I love when the illiterate have access to such power and access. <laughs> Sign the progressive slots winner at the Biloxi Casino. Yes, <laughs> I know that one. Progressive slots. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Israel, did Juliet Miranda gut the sacred cow? This is a tough one for me. This might be my toughest call yet. Ooh. Yeah, because I really didn't like this movie. And I agreed with everything Juliet said. But this movie does stand up as kind of reinvigorating the horror genre. And a lot of movies tried to copy it. Uh, so as much as I hate it, I do recognize that there was an importance to the movie. Um, and I think all the points that we both made uh, are valid and, and great. But I, I don't know that we've taken it down because I, I think it just the movie kind of stands on its own, and in its in all in all of the points that we made, and like you made, Kev, mm-hmm. like there is a lot you can take apart about this movie, but it's still it's still out there, and it's still people are still wearing that stupid mask, and people still talk about Scream. So I I don't know that she did gut it, but I think she came close. And they're doing I just someone copied me on this. They're doing Scream Five, really. Scream oh, 4 was not good. Scream 4 is not good. I, I, I saw in the theater, I go, oh, Matthew Lillard is like, can I come back as a ghost, please? <laughs> My career. <laughs> Skeet Ulrich, the hot new young actor, apparently he needs to catch some more lightning in a bottle, according to that one reviewer. I agree. I don't think, Julia, I, I think you gave it a vicious kick to the udders. Might have even, uh, even maimed it a leg or two. Maybe they let it not. Maybe not milk it in a week. And it's about ready to burst at the seams. But it's mowing in pain. It is. Oh, it is. It's as it, long it, as I caused it some grief. That's all I ask. It did cause I just, grief. I want to see that movie bleeding on the ground, and then I will kick it in the face later. <laughs> well, don't worry, Juliet. I'm sure in another episode you'll be right back. <laughs> I had to. Julia Miranda, where can we find you besides on your lovable podcast, The Unwritable Rant? Uh, in addition to The Unwritable Rant, I also host a show on YouTube. It's called Bourbon Soaked Live, where I do bourbon reviews and hang out and chat with everybody there about whatever our conversation topic of the week is. Cool. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having us on your happy hour show. We had a blast. 
That was a lot of fun. Yeah, and thanks to your fans, they are quite loyal. They a few of them seem to latch on our podcast because you were so kind to us, share and shout us out. So yeah, well, thanks for having me on, guys. This is people been a helping blast. people. Yeah, that's the way it is. But like I said, we like we like helping good people, and you are and your husband are both good people. So this makes everyone's life easier and happier. But that being said, Kevin Israel, where can we find you? Uh, nowhere. Just get my album, The Struggle is Real, on all the different places you can, and keep praying for more openings so we can get back to stand-up comedy. Amen to that. Guttingthesacredcow.com. You can go there and see our blog. Our lists of 10 are up every single day. I forgot what we posted today, but there's one that just went up. We'll be doing a 10... Uh, list of 10 worst movie villains, worst meaning best movie, movie villains of all time in the very near future. GuidingTheSacredCow.com also has merch. You can also get a hat, t-shirt, bag, anything with our faces on it or without if you're, you know, not a fan. For what reason? I are shit. And, of course, to find us where you can see our podcast, the links for that and YouTube links and good stuff. And, of course, KevinGoatee.com for the same reason Kevin gave. I don't know why. Just... We, I haven't had a fresh movie review or no NFL no NFL bets to make yet. But give that a look. And if you're looking to advertise with Gutting the Sacred Cow, guttingthesacredcow at hotmail.com. And if you have not yet done so, please follow us on all socials as well as throw us a quick five-star rating and two-sentence review. It does help. We thank you so much. Juliet Miranda, again, thank you for joining us on Gutting the Sacred Cow. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Oh, you guys are awesome. Thank you for having me. Good you're shit, Juliet. And uh, we'll take you. We'll take care, guys. See you. See you next time. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.